Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Undiluted Truth. I am Ben. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share our podcast that uh, apparently, Mike, has anybody uh, uh, sent anything into the email yet? Well, not since, you the, know of? not since the last one where we supposedly won multiple uh, millions of dollars. Oh, that's uh, true. And I didn't verify and, oh, and give so the Oh, so we don't have anybody there. to thank for that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that, anyway, it. guys, um, you guys haven't been, you know, sending anything in comments, questions, uh, topics you want us to maybe do. Um, so please, you know, remember the podcast email and send something in, um, whether it's a comment or whatever. So um, that podcast email again is the undiluted truth dot podcast at gmail.com. So, today's episode is going to be Gene Altering Becomes Reality. Mm. Mm. And on that note, let's give a warm welcome to our host, Mike. Hey, Ben. Wow. Thanks there's, for that. There's lots of people yeah. out there. Yeah. Thanks for that warm yeah. welcome. We, we, we've got, that was a little we've got the Sorry. place full around the tabletop studio. Yeah. Here. Uh, excellent. Great topic. And this, I think, this is, is true. This Good is, topic. I, I think we're going to hear again from uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny today. She is going to be with uh, Clay Clark, who does uh, the, the Reawake America tours and these events are usually full of a lot of medical and uh, experts and that sort of thing talking about anything uh, from liberty and freedom to what's going on currently. Okay. Pandemic vaccines and that sort of thing. Yeah. This particular interview was particularly stunning to me because of just the extensive research that Dr. Timpenny has done and also the direction that she really brings this thing in to as far as uh, the involvement of good and evil here and what some of these individuals are really trying to do. And I say those that are behind all of this, you know, the pandemic and such. Right. So I found it not just eye-opening, but very stunning, very sit back in your chair and listen. So, I, I think we we should just uh, just sort of dig right into it here. So uh, this, ladies and gentlemen, is coming from the X-22 report and Dave Nazipsode. He is the interviewer. Uh, if you haven't heard, he's a good stuff. I've been listening to him on and off for quite some time now. So welcome to all of you rock tumblers and truth seekers. And uh, well, we don't want to miss any uh, any other part of this, so... Let's get going so we can, the, the sooner we get going, the more we can get covered here. So, All right. Are we ready, Ben? Yeah. All right. Let's go. Here we go. To report Spotlight, today we have two guests, Clay Clark and Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Everyone knows Clay Clark. He's from Time to Free America, and you can visit him on his website, timetofreeamerica.com, to see all the different tours that he puts on. We also have Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Dr. Tenpenny is widely regarded as the most knowledgeable and outspoken physician on the adverse impact that vaccines can have on health. Dr. Tenpenny has been a guest on hundreds of radio and national television programs. If you'd like to see some more of her work, you can go to her website, which is 
drtenpenny.com. And I am very happy to have Clay back on the show and Dr. Tenpenny. Both of you, welcome to the spotlight. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yes. And th- I, would, I would be under exaggerating if I, if, I, if I didn't clarify this. My wife and I and our kids listen to the show every single night. We listen to X22 every single night. It's what we do. It's, so I appreciate you being a big, a big part of the Clark family. Thank you very much. Uh, l- l- let me just start off with uh, Dr. Tenpenny here, because I, I, I mean, she's been following the vaccines and everything. And I, I'm, before we get to the vaccines, I just want to talk about the testing, just to, to take a step back, go all the way back to the beginning when they started to push out these PCR tests. Now we have the home test and they told us it was the gold standard of everything. This is the test. And then all of a sudden we found out that they're going to change the test, the gold standard in December 31st of 2021, which they did. I don't think it's distributed to everyone. But now we have a test which is going to separate the influenza virus and the COVID virus. The PCR test, as the CDC says, doesn't do this. So, Dr. Tenpenny, from these tests, what does this tell you and what do you make of these testing systems that they're using? Um, all of it is fraud. All of it. I mean, it's just, um, it, it, doesn't it make you just wonder, Dave, if suddenly now going into year three of this fiasco, what does that mean for all the people that tested positive over the last two years? I mean, if they, if they really never were able to distinguish between influenza A, influenza B, and there's multiple types of strains of influenza A and influenza B, not just the three or four that they use in a vaccine every year, but there are literally hundreds of strains of influenza A and influenza B. There's also many other types of viruses that cause influenza-like illness. So it's all the symptoms that look like the flu, but it's caused by a virus other than influenza viruses. If over the last two years, when everything was testing, 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 and you couldn't, you had to, if you didn't get a shot, you had to test for your job. You have to test travel, test, 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 test. And if they never really knew the difference between coronaviruses, which there are four common variety coronaviruses that circulate every year and about 20% of influenza-like illness is caused by influenza, I'm sorry, caused by coronaviruses and have caused influenza-like illness for decades. If this test that they use to drive fear that we stopped having a pandemic and an epidemic. And for the last at least year now, we've only had a case-demic and the cases meant nothing because Mm. the test couldn't distinguish between coronaviruses and influenza viruses. Doesn't that just say to the world that all of it is nonsense and we ought to throw all of it underneath the bus? So you don't think there was a a pan, I mean, from what you're saying, did we actually have a pandemic or was this a pandemic of a testing system that actually didn't work and a fear push from the fake news. Uh, well said. Okay. Very well said. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's my sentiments exactly. Yeah, well, she says, well said. Well yeah. said. So I like the terminology. We had a case-demic. Yeah. And if you recall, hey. do you remember, Ben? We'll go back a bit with Mike Adams. Okay. And as I bring out my... My, your, your pa- my, notes? my papers here, my notes from uh, way back okay. when, when it talked about this PCR test and, and how, uh-huh. it, how it was not reliable. And truth be known, and I don't want to get ahead of what uh, uh, Sherry uh, uh, Tenpenny is going to say, but I think she may mention the, or, 
the originator of the PCR test basically has said, you know, not to be using this past so many cycles, if right. you recall. Yeah. Um, so, but back, I don't know when was it, about four months ago, I guess this has been, this, <clears throat> excuse me, it's been some time, but I want to read that this is right off of the CDC's website. And this is what it says about this PCR test. And I'm reading that this is right off of the page. Since no quantified virus isolates of the 2019 NCOV were available for CDC use at the time the test was developed and this study conducted, assays, assays designed for detection of the 2019 NCOV RNA were tested with characterized stocks of in vitro transcribed full-length RNA of no titer, T-I-T-E-R, spiked into a diluent consisting, a diluent consisting of a suspension of human A549 cells and viral transport medium, which is referred to as a VTM. So if you're following this, it's what they're, it's, this is, this is how they were doing this. And then it says they, this was done to mimic clinical specimen. Right. And, and the samples were extracted using, and, and then it, and then it goes on. So what they're saying is we didn't have what they call a CRM, a certified reference material. Right. Exactly. They didn't. Ha- they did not have that. They used this sequence of materials to mimic a human cell. So this whole test was sort of manufactured, or I mean, let's just cut through the chase. It was faked. Yeah, yeah, and that's right. right o- that's right off of their site. And if you recall, I, I like the way that uh, uh, Mike Adams had explained it before. He's he said it's sort of like wanting to get the square footage of your your property and what you're going to figure that out with is going to be a thermometer yeah yeah it's like it, it it's never you can't figure this out from that or with this from that so anyway yeah she's verifying all this this whole this whole thing was a case driven a falsified case driven Pandemic, right? Because after all, without cases, you don't have yeah. any viruses. You don't have any illnesses. Yeah. So true. But to be totally clear, we're not saying that a coronavirus isn't out there or never was. That's not what we're really saying. We're saying that, yeah, the whole pandemic was a farce. Well, she she that's pre- really. I mean, because the virus is out there. There is a virus out there. Well, so. yeah, it was. But yeah, yeah, it was. You know, but if we listen to one of our last, I think it would be our one of our most recent podcasts. Um, you know, you're driving fear of a of a virus that has a ninety nine point nine. What was it? Six or nine, nine something nine, like that. Yeah. Survival rate with absolutely no treatment whatsoever. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, Sherry Tenpenny. So, yeah. Yeah, she mentions this prior to what she just said. It, you know, right. there is coronaviruses out there, and there's a. Exactly. There's a but num- they're always out there. Yeah, they've been out there. There's a number of, of variants or strands of, of, of this. Yeah. And, she, and what they're saying now is, well, the PCR test couldn't tell normal influenza right. and the spike protein. Right. Well, so what you're saying, Dr. Tenpenny, is that. A high number of these people could have had just normal influenza and not well, coronavirus. Well, hence why we did away with the normal influenza. The you know last year or the year before, whatever year it was. Uh, yes, they're that's blending of, together now. Yeah, unfortunately, so, but anyway, yeah. uh, just just to validate, there are more individuals that are saying that that PCR test was bogus. And to sum it up, it was this whole thing was driven by testing. Yeah. Yes. And we'll get into some of the other stuff uh, as we move along here. So, all right, back at it here. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you've been studying the, the vaccines and, and everything that goes along with the vaccines. And we're, now we're starting to see a lot of reports. I know Ron Johnson just had like a little round table and Tom Rents and, and many other people were there. What have you found with the vaccines when you started to study them and look at them? What is actually wrong with them? Do they actually work? Do we actually need them? Well, well let me just give your audience just a, okay. a step back. Even though I've done almost 600 interviews in the last two years and have been doing this for 21 years, <laughs> um, the, the, let me give you a little background on me. I mean, I started out, my first career was a board-certified emergency medicine physician that was the director of a level two trauma center for 12 years. I moved to Cleveland in 1996 and I opened my integrated practice that I've always proud to say that people have seen people that we've seen patients from all 50 states and about 18 foreign countries. I have 21 employees now, and we're growing rapidly because people want our kind of medicine. In September of 2000, I went to the National Vaccine Information Center meeting in Washington D.C. and learned about all kinds of problems with vaccines that I never knew. I grew up in a chiropractic family. I was not vaccinated as a child. I had all of the routine measles, mumps, rubella, chickenpox, pertussis, all of those things. And guess what? I'm alive to talk about it. And so all these years later, so from that point, I came home in September of 2000 and said, I I need to look into this. I guess I'll start with CDC documents. And since that time, I've I've committed probably close to 50,000 hours worth of research time. Mm. Uh, So I can say unequivocally that I've spent decades, two decades of my life on this topic um, probably full time, I would say. The only times I'm not talking about it or researching about it is the two days a week I'm still in the office seeing patients. And so from that, I can unequivocally say vaccines have never been proven to be safe. They do not keep you from getting sick. They definitely cause harm. So when COVID started, it was just kind of a natural extension to me to look at the virus that was ostensibly supposed to be causing this infection. And what about these shots, which are not vaccines, and that they definitely do cause harm because they're genetic modification technologies, which I know you talk about that all the time. So I've been doing this for a long time. And so to go into talking about um, what's happening with COVID, COVID shots, testing, the myth of the mask, the nonsense of the social distancing, you know, I've talked about it a lot. And it was just a natural extension of what I've been studying for the last 21 years. So with with wow. the vaccines that they're pushing out because it's a very strong push that they're they're pushing it as very very hard for every I mean even the children to get vaccinated and 
they're not even affected by that. And especially with the fake PCR tests. I mean, how, how do you know who's really vulnerable or not vulnerable? Because we don't have a real testing system. I mean, it was created out of uh, fake statistical numbers, fear. So, but they're, they're, they're pushing so hard now. Why do you think they're pushing so hard for everyone to get vaccinated? Well, I think, first of all, we need to stop using the word vaccine and vaccinated. Okay. In fact, effects because they are not. Vaccines, by definition, when you think about a flu shot or MMR or chickenpox or something like that, they are intended to stop the spread of the virus and the infection. They, they're stopped, they're, they're stopped, they are intended to stop the spread. They're intended to lower the incidence rate. They're intended to stop hospitalizations. And they're definitely intended to stop deaths. That's the normal vaccines as what we call them. And by definition, that's how they're supposed to work. These are genetic modification technologies. The messenger RNA has never been used in human beings before. It has only been issued under emergency use authorization. And they do not do any of the things I just described. They don't keep you, they don't keep you from getting sick. They don't stop the transmission. They do not lower the hospitalization rate. In fact, we now know that over 70% of people by the DOD's own, by the D Department of Defense um, own information, over 70% of people who are hospitalized are fully vaccinated, which is defined as two shots and a booster, and they definitely cause harm. We know there's over a million reported adverse events to VAERS, over 22,000 deaths reported to VAERS, mm -hmm. and those numbers are probably 1% of, actu of um, actuality. So, you know, mm -hmm. thoughts, you know, one of the things I always say, Dave, is that thoughts are things, words have power, and definitions are important. And, in, and we've actually lost two cases at the Supreme Court level because we were using the word vaccine mm -hmm. instead of just defining what it really is a genetic modification technology that is clearly a bioweapon for what it's doing in people's lives. Amen, Clay, sister. let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. I mean, from your tours and everything, that, and you speak to a lot of people yep. when you go through the tours and things like that. I mean, w what are yep. people saying about COVID, about everything that's going on? Are, are they really starting to wake up now? Are the people well, starting to realize what's going yeah, on? Yeah, and I want to... I have a praise report, and I, I don't know that it's a, if we can have too much good news or if it's too soon to have any good news, but I'm just going to give you a praise report here. Hallelujah. So one, <laughs> I call it the wake-up rate. People ask me at these events, was the event a success? And I go, well, you, you know, you can name your price, so I don't, I don't base the success of a Reawaken America tour based upon sales. They go, well, what do you base it on? I call it the wake-up rate. What percentage of the people showed up to the event and had no idea about the models are false. The PCR tests are false. The treatments are real. They have no idea about Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset. How many of them have no idea what's going on? And at this past event, I talked to Dr. Judy Mikovits behind the scenes. I said, Dr. Judy, what do you think the wake-up rate was? What percentage of people do you think were awoken for the first time? She said, this of all the events you've done, this was the highest. I bet you half of the people had no idea what was in the vaccines, no idea that the PCR tests are falsely calibrated, no idea who Klaus Schwab was. So to me, this was the most successful event we've been to. The one in Tampa, maybe 30%, 25%, but I kept hearing that. So one, it's beautiful to see thousands of Americans getting together, discovering the truth. That's exciting. Uh, other thing is that, that, that's exciting is that in 2008, people didn't know this, but if you go to timetofreeamerica.com forward slash revelation, timetofreeamerica.com forward slash revelation, in 2008, the NIH, I put a link to it right there at timetofreeamerica.com forward slash revelation. You can see it. Research into how to manipulate the VMAT2 God gene began. In 2008, researchers mm -hmm. at the NIH tried to figure out how can we manipulate 
and block out the God gene. You might say, that sounds crazy. Well, follow me here. 2010, the Rockefeller plan was written. And on page 16, I'm reading, it says, a world of tighter, top-down government control and more authoritarian leadership is needed, including quarantines, curfews, lockdowns, and forced vaccinations. You move to 2015. This is going to blow someone's mind. By the way, if you've listened to the X-22 show for a long time, this is called proof, ladies and gentlemen, that Dave was right here. (laughs) The patent application for the system and method for testing for COVID-19 was patented. Again, I repeat, folks, the system and method for testing for COVID-19 was patented on October 13th of 2015 by Richard A. Rothschild. I put a link to the patent. So the actual patent, it's right there on the NIH website for the COVID-19 testing was patented in 2015. So you go back 2019, December 9th, 2019. This is a fact. I put a link to it. I talked to Dr. Zelenko about it this morning, who's been on your show multiple times. Mm -hmm. On December 9th, 2019, a technology was created to use mRNA to deliver CRISPR gene editing. And what does CRISPR gene editing do? It allows you to block out the God gene. Okay, so I want to stop right there. He's it, it, Now, Clay Clark talks pretty fast, and he, he, he ran through a lot of uh, facts right there. But I think that the, one of the most important things is it, it sort of runs around what we... Our, our titling this episode has to do with gene alteration. Yes. And he's mentioning the God gene. And I'll be the first to tell you, tell you Ben, I'm not sure what, you know, medically, you know, biologically, I'm not sure exactly what this gene does, but it, he's calling it the God gene. And I'm hoping they're going to expound on this just a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, because I was wondering what, what, what are you <laughs> talking about? What is the quote God gene here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, even more, very similar to some of the the facts that uh, Dr. David Martin has given us. Uh, that oh, yeah, now yeah. I had not heard this one. I'll be the I, I, there again. I mean, we're 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 turning over more rocks here. But I had not heard that. Uh, uh, did he say David Rothschild? I, mean, I might be getting the uh, but it was a, 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 Rothschild, a Rothschild. But that was 2015. 2015 had patented the testing. For COVID nineteen, yeah, back then, right, patented the testing. Now, w- did he patent the PCR testing procedure? I'm not sure. Maybe they'll expound on that as well. Yeah, I right, do know right. that there was a and 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 I I may be wrong with the first name Kerry, uh, but it is a Mullis uh, that had he is the originator or the developer of the PCR test. I do know that he has come out and said, look, you can't run these cycles more than like 20. And we were, well, they were being run up to 40 and, you know, the upper thirties and, and, you know, they are just really of no use at that point. Uh, but a lot being said right here by Clay Clark, who has definitely done his research. So uh, I just wanted to point those things out. Right. God gene, yeah. we, we got to figure out what this is all about. And and also, some of the others just doesn't surprise me because this stuff has been in the plan and in the making for many years. So the, that, the only thing is interesting to me is the name, Rothschild, that had to do with patenting the actual yeah, testing well, for, uh, for COVID. Well, even back in 2010, they were saying that they needed um, more top-down, close-knit uh, government control. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Um, and and, and mandated lo- lockdowns. Lockdowns. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and what was, do you remember what that was from? What what he was talking about? What where they said that? It, I, I'm not sure what I'll have to go. Back and we, yeah, we'll we'll pull that back out of whatever. Uh, but he I'll he, have to he, listen. But yeah, I was yeah. But I was like, wow. I mean, uh-huh. y- you can see that if if it's people that are in that same realm, right? Mm-hmm. That obviously there's this plan because this was their plan from all the way back in at least 2010, if not before this, right? That's, that's exactly so, right. I mean, you you can just see that happening. Yeah. yeah. So, and ultimately, what does that mean? Well, what it means ultimately is, ladies and gentlemen, a virus didn't come floating about in the air because of a you know a a, a bat and and another animal got together and all of a sudden you know we breathed in this virus. No, this was man-made. It was altered, gain of function. You know that's what happened. And now, once the virus is out there. It's out there. I mean, you right. know, if, yeah. if if you've got a bioweapon out there, you release it, it's out there. And are people going to get sick? Absolutely, they're going to get sick. Yeah. But it wasn't a natural event. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's pick it back up. So how is this possibly good news? I believe people are waking up to the fact that evil actually exists. And once you discover that evil exists, you have to discover, well, Jesus exists too. So, in my opinion, this is a battle between the great uh, reawakening and the great reset. And I am seeing people wake up in droves. And we had a pastor who did an altar call at the event in Phoenix. And I'm just telling you, because I've, I've grown up in church. I went to church. A lot of times a pastor will kind of have to fish. They'll say, if you want to recommit your life to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior and repent, but you can put your hand up right now. And normally and they'll say, don't you know, he asked the question. And it was half the audience immediately puts their hand up. So I am excited about what's happening. I'm seeing apolitical people get involved. And I believe that Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is a big part of that. And Dave, also just a little informal survey. A lot of the listeners who, a lot of people who attend the Reawaken America mm-hmm. tour tell me they listen to your show and, and we know that's the top two shows. It's And we know and X22. So nothing but great news here. People are waking up, but we got to wake up faster, more intense. We've got to share the truth. I agree. You know, Dave, Dave, I want to just intersert something there, because not only with that patent is true, but the original developer of the PCR test, Harry Mullis, who actually got the the, who actually got the Nobel Prize for that, I believe, is in the early 90s, said the PCR test was never, ever, 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 ever intended to be used for clinical diagnostic as as a clinical diagnostic tool. So, you know, here was the actual inventor of the technology said you can't use it as a as a as a uh, diagnostic tool. Now, doggone it. Now, now why why second. is it isn't that we that don't know that? Been, yeah. Yeah. Isn't you know, that now, exactly what they've been doing? Yeah. It's trying yeah. to use it as a the, diagnostic tool. They, they're doing just the opposite. They're touting this PCR test is this is new technology. This is the only way to know whether you've got COVID or not. It's a PCR test, a PCR test, a PCR well, test. Didn't and you, it's un, it's unbelievable. Didn't you know that we've gone to upside down years? Down Cause, cause, downside up years? Uh, you know, yeah, is that down, the same thing? I mean, haven't we been uncovering the fact that almost every agency has gone backwards on what they've said anyway oh yeah yeah so it, it's, it's 
it's like in school you used to have backwards day or something like that, right? No, well, yeah, upside they're down. Having, they're having backwards year. Yeah, or years. It, it is. It is. We didn't. It's like ridiculous. It's 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 you know if if you're a fan of uh, the old Seinfeld show, they used to call it Bizarre World. Yeah, you know, everything that like was it. yeah, everything that's down is up, up is down, true is false. You know, yeah, good is bad. Right. You know, dry is wet. You know, the whole thing. Yeah. But. Yeah, and and I'm glad she mentioned that because we were right with uh, uh, Doctor Mullis. He's the inventor of that, and he said, "You don't use this to actually diagnose anything. This is a test to help you see other things." And we're gonna we're gonna let her expound on it. But I like the way she said, "Never, ever, 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 ever yes. diagnose not yes. to be used for that." Yeah. And He's not just some guy that that walked in and bought the test. He actually developed it. Yeah. Unbelievable. I think he knows what he's talking about. I think so, too. Here we go. Because what it does is it finds little particles. You know, I I heard Dr. Ryan Cole explain yesterday on that roundtable, and I love the way he explained it. He said, you know, what you're looking for that can cause infection, let's say it's, it's a bicycle, you, can, you needed to find the whole bicycle for it in order for it to cause infection and to make you sick. What a PCR test does is it finds the handlebar or the tire or the spoke or the seat, and it has to magnify it enough time, what's called cycle threshold. It has to cycle it over and over and over again enough to see whether or not that is the whole bicycle or if all we really found was the seat. So if all you really found was the seat, they would, oh, positive test, found the seat, and that's what the PCR actually did. And now we have a case-demic because we keep testing healthy, wow. asymptomatic people that do not spread the virus, that are not contagious. And we've used the fear factor to make people get Q-tips crammed up their nose to find a piece of virus that you may have been exposed to sometime in your life. You know, um, Howard Hughes was mentally ill because he was a germaphobe. We've made the entire world a germaphobe. And I saw the Uh coolest meme, Dave. This was a couple of weeks ago that said, repeatedly cramming a Q-tip up the nose of a healthy person is a sign of mental illness. (laughs) I tend to agree with that. (laughs) On whose part? The person getting it shoved up their nose or the person doing it? Well, I think both if you continue to to allow that. But I mean, let's just face it. You know, a lot of this is driven by fear. (laughs) Oh, but man. but you know what I, I'm going to break wow. it down into like sort of the insect world. I, I like the bike thing though. Um, but let's just say you know you know there's a big part of the country, especially in the south. I mean, fire ants are brutal. Mm-hmm. So yep. let's just say you're looking for fire ants and you're running this test and you're you're wondering you know somebody brings you in a bag of whatever you know and and, uh-huh. and you know said you know. This thing, I, I think, is a fire ant. It's, it, it could harm me. Oh, don't worry about it. I've got the PCR fire uh, ant test here. Let me run this thing through. And you run it through, and you're like, man, I don't really see anything. Like, oh, wait, hang on a second. Let's magnify this baby up a little bit further. Up, well, well, Hang on, hang on. I see a leg. I see a leg. Well, let's zoom it in. Let's run it through again. As, you know, we keep running it through. Uh-oh, uh, that looks like a, a fire ant knee. Hey, wait, wait a minute. Yep, it definitely could be an ant leg. Yep, sure. Yep, there you go. You better beware. You've got fire ants everywhere because we found yeah. a fire ant leg. That's right. So, well, wait a minute. I don't know if, uh, uh, an epi- an epidemic or a a a, a phenomenon of of 
fire ant knees or legs running around is going to hurt anyone. You know, <laughs> I don't even yeah. think, I don't even think you can yeah. get stung by a leg. So, I mean, that's sort of what the, the analogy of the bicycle is. <laughs> yeah. You only find a little piece of something yeah. and it looks like it could be part of this virus. So positive test. Right. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. I, I, what were we yeah. talking about earlier? Wake up, yeah. Wake wait, up wake and up. wake up and 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 smell the, the smell the something. Well, that's not the, the corruption. Uh, yes, yeah, so wake up and smell the. No, it wasn't the coffee. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I believe that that's very very true. For the PCR test, I mean, if it's picking up fragments and pieces and. And is that and why they came up and, with the word asymptomatic? Uh-huh. Because they needed to explain why you had something, but you have no symptoms? Yes. And an asymptomatic person that has traces of virus is a healthy person. We carry approximately 3 trillion, 3 trillion viruses, bacteria, yeast, fungi in and on our body at all times. And it's the symbiotic relationship of those trillions of viruses that define a healthy person. So why is it if we found a fragment, not even a whole virus, Mm. a fragment of something that you may have been exposed to years ago from a garden variety coronavirus, and it's there, we say you're an asymptomatic carrier. Oh man, you are going to spread that to somebody, which there have been three very large scale studies that have shown that finding a trace positive from a PCR test and a totally asymptomatic person means absolutely nothing. And all they have done is created a new name, asymptomatic carrier, to create fear, to drive the, the uh, injection agenda, and to drive people to get these nonsensical tests that really tell us nothing. Oh, yeah, my yeah. goodness. I, 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 I am so scared right now. Trillions of germs on me. <laughs> I, I'm going to go home and soak in a Lysol bath. And I'm never coming out of my house again. Okay. Yeah. I I just I gotta I gotta get rid of all this yuck. Make sure you stop and get some masks. Yeah. I'm I'm reminded of Melvin on on uh, Madagascar. If you've seen that movie, yeah. Where where he's where they go to the island the first (laughs) on the first one, and he gets something on him, and he's like. Uh, uh, Nature, nature, get it off of me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right. that, that's literally what she, yeah. <laughs> we're talking trillions about. Trillions like, of, of. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Trillions of. Oh, my uh, goodness. Of all of these things. And I'm still alive. Yeah, oh yeah, my. right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I just had uh, to no. throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> me and my Lysol bath. No. I'm kidding, guys. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I'm also not eating Tide Pods. You, I don't yeah. get that one. It's not. No. That, that, no, that, no. no. Stick with the bean pods. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are healthier. Yeah, very healthy. Bean pods yeah, are excellent. better. Yeah. How cunning is this? And, uh, and, and wow. to me, you know, this <laughs> sometimes I take this personal because it it's as if hey, I'm going I'm going to bring this new term this this new terminology out that healthy people are going to be Oh, let's call them the asymptomatic. That, that sounds pretty good. They're they're just they're healthy, but yeah. we're gonna say they're not really healthy. They're carriers. They're carriers. They are really more dangerous than the actual virus that you can tell because <laughs> they're they're sort of stealth in their traveling, and you can be contaminated or infected without even knowing it. 
Because you can yeah. see the virus, yeah. but you can't see who you who can, has the virus. Yeah. But, you, but you can see the virus. So yeah, as long as it's not being spread by these asymptomatic people, you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just all made up. And, and oh, it's, my. And it's made up because they assume... And and you know what? They're being proven right in some areas. Sadly, they yes, assume that sadly. that we are dumb wow. enough to believe all of this. And sadly, and sadly, some I I mean, yeah, maybe just you know, ignorant I, enough you know, not to wow, I, I just got, to go I got along bit, with it. But I I mean, oh my, God. I got a bit carried away. I I didn't mean to call uh, everyone no, who I, out of fear believes this, but think but it, about but it. It's true. They're renaming healthy people. And and basically saying you're 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 ill, and this is coming from a doctor. She just said that th- yeah. the asymptomatic people are healthy people. Healthy people, right? Exactly. Because wh- I mean, by the definition that they quote came up with, yeah, you're non-symptomatic. So if you're not having symptoms, technically you are not a carrier. You are healthy. You are healthy. So yes, uh, I mean, yeah. Oh man! Mm-hmm. I yeah, had I'm, something. I'm, I was going. Oh, I was. You. I was going to mention my my brother. He he what he listens to a lot of different podcasts and different news outlets and different things. And he'll he'll uh, one every so often he'll be like, "Hey Ben, you got to hear this." And I immediately stop him most of the time and go, <laughs> "Okay, how many IQ points am I going to lose?" <laughs> Because I just feel like every single time I hear something, I lose IQ points. And it's just like, I mean, it's a metaphor, obviously, but but I just feel like, you know, if I listen to too much more, I'm just going to have no IQ points left. And it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just, well, oh, you do know yes. that uh, that actual study that was, uh, that was mentioned by Dr. Robert Malone is that kids that were wearing masks for long periods of time on average, we're losing twenty IQ points. So, really? Uh, yeah, that was an actual study. Oh wow! On, I didn't. On, I on, didn't even realize on, that on school age kids. Yeah. Okay. And, and I, didn't, was, I didn't. I think I it was 12, a, twelve and unders. I don't think I heard that part. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. Thank you. So, how many? Just whatever you do, if you're losing IQ points just listening to something, just don't listen to a, wearing a mask. That you might lose forty <laughs> You'll lose more. points. In, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. I'll definitely not do uh, that then. Yeah, but anyway, I digress. We need to. I, I, yeah, it just no good stuff. And I, you know, Sherry Tenpenny is just a just a bevy of of knowledge, and and I just soak it wow. up when she when she talks. So anyway, I think uh, I think we're gonna have to wrap it up for this one here. Um, uh, what do you think? Yeah, we could go a little bit more. Well, let's, if you let's want. yeah, let's roll on about uh, a few maybe more maybe a couple here. more minutes. Yeah, sounds good. Here we go. And I noticed that the CDC and some, I think Dr. Wen on CNN and others on MSDNC, they're now saying that the cloth masks don't work. Now, None I find that work. I, I find that very interesting, you know, from the very, very beginning, I've been saying that yeah. they don't work. Let's talk about being prepared. Friends, the time to prepare for bad times is during good times. If you know. If you don't know by now, uh, Dave does some in production should i say uh commercials here oh have we reached that point yep okay that was a commercial break oh, i was wondering why you paused it there yeah so, so all right so we'll uh we'll just jump past that commercial right. and we'll pick Sounds it up good. we'll pick it up coming out the, the
the front door or back door, whatever. Here we go. On the masks and saying, well, you really need an N95 mask. Uh, why do you why do you think they're backtracking right now? And, and why are they saying, OK, let's switch from the cloth or the bandana or the homemade mask to the N95 mask? Because they can't give up the agenda. They can't like backtrack to the point like, you know what? We've done a lot of research and we've really found out that the masks do nothing. I mean, they, the, the blue mask, the surgical mask, none of them do anything. Um, in fact, uh, because if they did, well, people would say, well, I guess I was pretty scammed about that. And uh, I guess I really didn't have to wear this in the first place. That makes me feel pretty stupid. They can't do that, Dave. They need to continue to fire up the fear machine and the fear propaganda agenda. You know, I spoke at Clay's uh, event in Arizona last weekend, mm-hmm. and then I had to go to California on business. And on my way home on Sunday, um, you know, I just was observing. Cause the only place I ever, ever wear a mask is on an airplane because I can't afford to. I, I have to fly and right. I can't afford to get, be on a uh, no fly list anywhere. But it was interesting to watch as I just walked through the airports uh, that, that I was in and seeing it, at least a third of the people in the airport had on two masks. And when I got on the airplane, there were multiple people that I noticed had on three. Why are people so horrified of getting a cold or getting the flu? We never did this. And every year, year after year after year, there have been 80,000 reported people who died from influenza A every single year for decades. And nobody was a germaphobe. Nobody wore two or three masks. Nobody was terrified of getting a cold or the flu. But the media has driven the fear agenda and made everybody into germaphobes. That's probably a good good place to pause that. We're, we're, we are about halfway through, but uh, there again. Now we're covering. You know, this is this is kind of uh, kind of cool because I think we're getting a bit of up close summary. Yeah, you know, this is a, yeah. almost like so many things are being clarified through a, a a better focus, a, a stronger lens, if you will. Mm-hmm. I like this because they're not just covering, you know, the test, uh, you know, the virus, uh, the vaccine. They're, they're covering a little bit of everything moving it forward. And ladies and gentlemen, right. we are there is a bullseye here, you know, th- that we're heading to. And, of course, I think the, you know, the little, the little drop, as Clay Clark had mentioned earlier, was the God gene. We're we're moving toward that, and okay. to see what these people are all about. So yeah. it, it, this is a sort of sort of laying out the landscape as to where we're going. And and there again, we're about halfway through this one. We'll we'll pick uh, pick this up on the other side, uh, and and conclude this. And those of you guys who know how we roll, uh, this isn't going to be a part four, five, whatever. Um, I don't think we've <laughs> ever done five parts, but we could. Uh, actually, just, no, actually, we did do six parts of one of them, yeah. Yeah, maybe, but uh, yes. this is going to be a two-parter, and yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to lead us into a, into a lane, I think, that needs to be talked about. Uh, so, uh, yes. look, it's it's our honor to be able to, 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 to bring this to you guys, and my goodness, we couldn't do it without, you know, these other platforms and, and a lot of legwork and studying and, and just commitment to what they do. Jerry Tenpenny, Clay Clark, he's out there. Uh, if you couldn't tell already, Clay is a a, a a man of God. He he loves talking about 
Jesus, and uh, you know, you you can't go wrong with that. And and he's all over the country. I yeah. don't know if he's gone out of the country yet, but but uh, anyway, these two topics are whether you like it or not, they're coming together. All of this pandemic, vaccine, masking, the mandates, right, and how does this play into God's plan for this planet? Mm. They do tie together, and we're going to cover it. So we uh, we hope that we're giving you a little uh, uh, carrot to you know to, to spark your interest, and um, I, and I'm excited about where this is going. So. Yeah. Uh, once again, thanks so much for for joining joining us. Uh, and and we uh, just know it, guys. We those of you that are listening, I know that Ben had mentioned the email. We don't, you know, we know just through analytics that people are listening. You guys are listening. Uh, and yeah, I want to reiterate: send us an email. Just keep it up, guys. Uh, we're we're listening or whatever. Just to know that hey. You know, for my, for me, just to know that the email is working, uh, <laughs> right? <yeah. laughs> uh, but to, just to know that if there's something else that, that as we're moving along here that uh, you guys are interested in, uh, please send us a you know send us a message or whatever. And uh, there's more things coming down the road, with it, and there will be some live events uh, that we uh, we have planned uh, coming in the near future. But there again, it is only two of us. Uh, and yeah. we, we're doing yeah. what we can. This isn't the only thing that we do, but, um, anyway, good stuff here. I, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Got anything else, Ben? No. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Uh, let's right. have a word of prayer as we close out father in heaven. Lord, once again, we do thank you for the many gifts, the many, uh, uh ways that you have blessed us, the blessed us, the victories, that you have given us in the past as we've moved along within our walk. Uh, our desire, uh, Father, is to be more like you. Thank you for uh, those that are bringing truth forward. And, you know, Father, our desire isn't to necessarily, you know, hammer these these people these 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 evil doers over the head you know with rocks uh, we would like for them to change we would like for them to wake up hear the truth and wake up and smell the corruption and realize mm. hey we we've been following something that's not so uh, that's really our approach um, yeah it, it it does get frustrating. But Father, we we pray for your understanding and help us to be tempered in what we do uh, and how we approach and approach you know getting you know the truth out, exposing some of the things that are going on. Uh, we ask that uh, those that are out there that that need uh, physical uh, help. With their health, uh, we pray that uh, they find it. May they experience the healing power of, uh, of Jesus Christ. May they experience the good doctors and physicians, uh, healthcare workers that are taking care of them. We pray that they be placed in their path. And right now, we want to lift up the elderly and the children. Some two two groups of people that really don't seem to have a voice in all of this. And we pray for their protection. And if there's anything that we can do as a group 
uh, just seeking truth. Lord, help us to know exactly what to do and what to say. And continue prayers for those that are listening. May they be blessed. May they be encouraged. And may they find the absolute truth that they're seeking. And until we meet again, we pray that every intent of our thought be pure. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.